secret art of business? The creative side of our brain and the business side of our brain may seem like two separate entities, but they are actually interconnected and complementary. The creative side of our brain can bring fresh and innovative ideas to the table, while the business side of our brain can turn these ideas into practical and profitable solutions. By tapping into both the creative and business side of our brains, we can find a balance between risk-taking and practicality, leading to more success and fulfillment in both our personal and professional lives. I'm Katherine Lane Klein, entrepreneur and creative person, and in this podcast, we will hear success stories from people that are doing exactly that, and hopefully giving you ideas of how you can too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Secret Art of Business. Today, uh, Amy Franco is here, and I have known Amy for a lot of years. We practically have grown up together when you think about it in business. (laughs) I think we've been in business about the same amount of time, which is also funny too. Um, my company's been 18 years and I see that yours is about almost 17. So yeah, yes, we're like right, right on par with we um, are. growing up together. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I'm going to start um, by introducing you as, uh, like I said, Amy Franco from Amy Franco Associates. And why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing for the last almost 17 years? <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I'll, t- I'll try to I'll try to give the uh, Reader's Digest version of that okay. story because it's it's a winding road, which I think ties really nicely into the, the tapping into right tapping into creativity, right? So, um, I it, professionally I got my start in technology. So for the first ten years of my career, I worked for companies like IBM and I worked for Lenovo, and um, I was primarily in client facing roles and primarily sales roles. So that's really where I got my start. And then um, in, when I was about maybe 28, 29, 30, somewhere in there, I really kind of got that entrepreneurial bug. I always knew growing up that I would start something or lead something. And of course, you never know what that's going to be. But I always kind of knew that about myself. And then I had an opportunity to take a pivot into entrepreneurship and get into the learning and development space, which is really right up my alley. And so, so that has morphed and changed over the years. And uh, it's, like I said, it's been a bit of a winding road and an exciting road. What that looks like today is I primarily work with um, mid-market-sized companies um, of all different sectors and across the country, although I love to work right here in Columbus and in Ohio. And I work with CEOs and I work with leaders on everything from sales strategy to uh, skill development. So, so that's my that's kind of my professional overview. And then my uh, my personal uh, kind of passion is around uh, leadership. So I just finished uh, a four year term as chair of the board for Girl Scouts of Ohio's Heartland. So, so that's where I get my leadership fix. Nice, nice. And how many boxes of cookies did you have to buy? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I probably, uh, I probably didn't have to buy, um, buy a lot, but I did buy a lot. And it was one of those things that every time I came home from a meeting, an event or whatever, my husband would be like, so did you bring home some cookies? And if I did not bring home cookies, it was, it was, it was an issue. It was a source of disappointment. Maybe a little pouty face, you know? Right, right. Exactly. Oh, hilarious. Did you, do you have a favorite? Oh, I'm a, I like the Samoas. Oh, me too. That's my favorite. Um, I want to say the number one most popular is Thin Mints. You know what? I'm not going to diss a Thin Mint either because, you no. know, you could go through a sleeve of those like in one sitting for sure. 
That is the truth. And uh, here's here's a little fun trivia for you. The Girl Scouts cookie program, the cookie brand, is um, it's an eight hundred million dollar program That's worldwide. And you know, it's really designed to help girls learn entrepreneurial skills, yes. business creativity, um, ethics, finance, all of that stuff. It's an eight hundred million dollar brand, and the only more recognizable cookie brand is Oreo. It's a billion dollar brand and Girl Scout cookies are only sold three or four months out of the year. Oh, that's true. Oh, it's fantastic. Yep. I know. I love it. Our girl, our girls are our engines and they're just amazing. That's actually really great too, because you know what I, well, you know what, did you sell Girl Scout cookies? I don't think I've had a Girl Scout on my podcast yet. Yet, no, so. um, and we could make that happen. I, um, <laughs> I, you know, Girl Scouts found me as an adult. I didn't grow up uh, in Girl Scouts. My sister was a Girl Scout, but Girl Scouts found me as an adult. I love and it. I think it's just one of those stories of when you're when you're open to different experiences and opportunities. It found me at the right time, and you know, here I am, eight or ten years later, still part of it. That's awesome. So you were not a Girl Scout, but what did you do as a child, Amy? What did little Amy do? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Little little Amy was uh, probably as intense as I am today. <laughs> you know, I, very active. Amy, little Amy was very active. I was into everything. And, you know, I, I, my, I'm the oldest of five. So I have four younger sisters. Oh, so, wow. Uh, yeah, so there's probably a lot to unpack there, but I was, de- I was definitely the leader of of the sister group. But uh, but as a kid, I did everything. I was always I was the one that was always outside playing. I rode my bike everywhere. I was at the pool all day, every day. Tennis lessons, all all kinds of like very active sports oriented mm-hmm. things. And um, I feel like as I was kind of reflecting for our conversation today. I feel like I did a lot of things as a kid, like that kind of just open space to play and hang out and be with friends and do these different things that I feel was a really good foundation, you know, for, for just thinking about how are we creative today? And I think a lot of it started there, just being outside and, uh, and having fun and being an active kid. So you were essentially always filling your calendar, even from a, a young age. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, you know, I thought about that. I would say that there was, yeah, you know, there were things like swimming lessons and tennis lessons and, but a lot of it was kind of open space play. Nice. Um, yeah, I would say there, there were definitely some structural elements to it, which, you know, I, I feel there's, there's a big importance there, but there was also a lot of just open space, like go find your friends and go play, go ride your bike, go to the pool and, and do, do things like that. So it's kind of a nice blend between structure and having a lot of open space. Nice. I did see though, that your degree is in English. So Mm -hmm. how did you get there from all of this activity to an English degree? Oh, you know, that's a great question. So I loved to write in as a kid. I loved um, I loved like history and culture, and I loved to write as a kid. So like when I think about the classes I really enjoyed growing up, I loved all the English classes, the writing classes, the history classes. Um, I think if I wasn't doing what I am doing today, I would have loved to have been like a broadcast journalist. One of the, one of like my one of my like dreams as a kid was I wanted to be a news anchor. 
I wanted to be a news anchor. And and I had several family friends tell me that I had the hair for being a news anchor. But that's probably a different story, another story for a different day. But uh, <laughs> but I loved history. In high school, I had an awesome English teacher. And so I probably had her for maybe two or three years in high school. Mm-hmm. And I loved language. I loved writing. And so when I was thinking about what to do for college, um, that was kind of a natural choice for me to choose that. Um, I was either going to go between English and history. And then I added a communication minor on because of just like the writing and communicating aspect. Those were the things as a young child and like high, like high school age that I really gravitated toward. So it made a lot of sense to do that in college. Mm-hmm. Well, you did get um, some... Uh, opportunity to use that because you are an author as well. I see that you have a book called uh, The Modern Seller. Um, would yeah. you like to talk about that a little bit as it's an Amazon number one release? <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, you know, that I've always, you know how like you kind of grow up, you you get like different ideas. You don't quite know what you're going to do with them. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like I always knew like kind of as a kid in my DNA that I would start something or lead something, have that kind of leadership role. Writing the book was always kind of something. I'm not sure I consciously dreamed it up as a kid, but just that writing element to my life had always been been a part of me. And so part of, part of the book was the, you know, the real practical, let's call it the, is it the left brain side? The, le- the left brain practical side yes. that is, you know, is part of building a business and mm-hmm, building a brand mm-hmm. in the realm of work that I do. Having a book is a great tool. Um, so there's that kind of practical side. Then there's the other side that said, you know, this is something I've always wanted to do. I've, I would love to write a book and kind of tapping into more of that kind of passion for the writing side of things the more practical catalyst for the book was definitely on the business side. And after being in my realm as a sales consultant, I would see some things that were common amongst my clients and what helped them to be successful. This also taps into my learning and development side. One of my strengths finders, top five strengths is um, being a like a learner. That's, that's one of my five. Yeah, <laughs> one of my five. So it really just made a lot of, it made a lot of sense, but also spoke to kind of who I was as a person to write the book. Right. So, um, so as I was thinking about how do I, how do I go about doing this? I needed to have some accountability and this is the structural side of things. I hired a coach. I hired a publisher. Um, Smart Business Media was my publisher, and I absolutely loved them. Uh, So I had the structure of writing the book, but also the creativity. I kind of joke it was like a a 20-month, a 20-year dream and a 20-month project to to get it done. (laughs) But but that's like a little bit about the catalyst of the book. And um, the audience for the book is all like sales professionals and, and sales leaders. So you can use this essentially as a tool with your clients and things like that, and speaking Absolutely. engagements, all that. Yeah, yep. and that that was the goal. So I use use it with speaking engagements. I use it with my clients, and uh, it's been you know it's been about five years since I published that book. So now it's like, hmm, what's like I'm gonna get kind of get the creativity going again, and what what might what might be the next book on the horizon? I was gonna so ask if you had another to one. To be determined. <laughs> you know, I th- I think there's another one in there, but um, 
I think one of the things that I learned in the book writing process was that it could be really pretty isolating. Mm-hmm. And I am someone, I'm someone who's kind of balanced between being with people and wanting to do things very independently on my own. And now that I learned that there were definitely some stretches where it's like, oh my gosh, this is really lonely and kind of boring maybe isn't the right word, but definitely lonely. And yeah. now that I know that about myself, I can kind of set myself up for the next time. So I'm, I, I have some ideas that I'm percolating on. I'm having some conversations with people about the next book. So, so we'll see, we'll see what the future brings, okay. what 2024 well, we will, brings. We'll stay tuned. Absolutely. Um, so how, what is it about sales that you really like? You know, um, when I, when I was in, I was in high school between high school and college, I, um, I interned at a a local technology company and I do remember one of the things I really liked, I was observing all the salespeople and I love the communication aspect Mm -hmm. of sales. I, I love that. I love getting to know people and working with people, but it was, it's the freedom aspect of it. I would see people. So I had like the bird's eye views. I was a receptionist. So I answered phones. I did all kinds of things in the business. And I'm like, you know what? Those salespeople look like they're having the most fun. (laughs) They're the ones that are going out of the office and meeting with people. And they're the ones that look like they're having a good time and um, that they really like love what they do. So that was probably one of my first sparks of I'm not sure I consciously made the decision that that's what I was going to do, but it definitely piqued my curiosity because they seemed like they were having the most fun and they had a lot of freedom. And so you were given an opportunity at that company to do sales or did you have to go somewhere else? So, so that was in like high school and college, like, like a summer job type Mm -hmm. thing. So when I graduated from college, I went to the university of Dayton and I was trying to figure out where to land next. Um, so I grew up in Cleveland and I landed in Columbus kind of by accident, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, so when I was searching for jobs, I, I, I started to search for sales jobs because I was like, well, maybe this is a place for me to start. It wasn't like I had, you know how some people have their kind of career paths. Like, I know I want to be a doctor. I know I want to be a lawyer an engineer, what have you. I wasn't that person. Like I didn't quite know what I wanted to do. And I thought, well, maybe sales would be a good place to start. And I, you know, I probably have enough basic experience to, um, an understanding to land a job. So I searched for sales jobs and I pretty much landed in Columbus sight unseen. My very first job out of college was uh, an inside salesperson. And I worked for the corporate division of Micro Center, which oh, is, wow. you know, obviously that yes. the corporate division of Micro Center is not in business today, but obviously Micro Center as a whole is. Um, and I landed in Columbus sight unseen. I landed in a, an apartment sight unseen. You probably are picking up on a pattern here. <laughs> and I just, I just knew like, okay, this is going to work out. We'll, we'll test out Columbus for a year or two. I had met somebody at Dayton who was also moving to Columbus. So we got an apartment together and um, let's give it a shot. Either like it'll work out some way, shape or form. And, you know, I'll either stay in Columbus and, you know, stay for a year or two and then find another place to go or, um, you know, wh- wherever it might lead me. And here I am 25 years later, uh, I met, met, met my husband and, uh, and stayed here and I absolutely love it. But that's really where I got my start. 
And Columbus is a way of, you know, wooing people when they get here. It's like, I'm just going to be here for a, a minute. And then next thing yes. you know, it's like 20 years later and they're still here. And it's like, I just love it. It's just so such an easy place to live. <laughs> it is. It is. And I like I love Cleveland just as much. That's where I grew up and where my family still is. I, I'm a lifelong Ohioan. Um, but I've really, really loved living here in Columbus. There's, there is like kind of that entrepreneurial spirit here, Absolutely. that creativity here. It's very open and welcoming. And uh, I think that's a hallmark of Columbus that that's, that's really special. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can definitely see even as a child, you had a lot of hustle, you know, and just in that you were just, you know, busy and, you know, you're leading this team. <laughs> Yeah, your siblings, and you know you've kind of my team of siblings. I love it. That's what I'm going to tell them. This is what we're going to do. You're my team. Exactly. Well, I and I always say that because I come from a large family too, and I was the oldest girl. And yeah, I very understand just that whole. I you know I got to lead this group here to you know take care of them in a way. It wasn't you know necessarily the bossy sister thing, but it was just more of a you know, here's just what we're going to do. And this is, this is the team to get it done. <laughs> you know, if you, if you ever meet my sisters, they might have a different opinion on my it's level my of bossiness, time. but you Hey, right? call me the bossy sister, you know, but uh-huh. yeah, you know. <laughs> it works. It works. Affectionately though, I'm sure for both of us. Um, so right now, you know, we, we t- I'm talking a lot to a lot of entrepreneurs and, you know, there is a lot of drive and logic and things that are strategy that's involved with um, starting a business. But we do also like to pay homage to the right side of our brain and take that break and, and live in the space of innovation and creativity. So what do you do that's, you know, completely indulgent, we'll say, that would be a very creative, relaxing, fun thing that you do? I like when I'm looking for kind of that open space in my life, if you will, I absolutely love to be outdoors. Yeah. I, that that's kind of my, my happy place. If you will, I love to walk outdoors. Um, we live, we live near some water. So get out the kayaks and put the kayaks in. That is a very, like, it's, it's, relaxing and kind of, there's like kind of that open space all around you, which helps me to just think and be reflect and be more creative. I would say that's probably my number one go-to. Um, probably my second go-to is, um, this is more kind of back to what we talked about with kind of my growing up and my college, college degrees. I am really into, I love to write. I love to journal. I love like languages and cultures. So, so travel is another, like it takes some planning to do great travel, but that's kind of another like indulgent creative thing for me that, um, that my husband and I both love to do. So those are probably my first two like creative go-tos. I love it. And those are a couple of my favorite things too. I have to make sure I get my walk in every day, you know, and it is without podcast, without any, I mean, just, be present in nature and travel to simply love it because it's, it's just, I don't know, maybe it's that learning thing. You know, you're learning about other cultures and the languages and things like that, but I don't know why, but it just strikes me. I think probably the same way it does with you. It's like, I I gotta go. (laughs) Yes. I, um, I, I absolutely love it. And it's, um, it's something that like probably just, let's call it like the last like decade or so that I've really, 
consciously, Dave and I both consciously have made the choice to say we want to experience these different cultures and to, and I think there's, there's the element of creativity or being able to indulge in these things that takes, it takes like kind of some visioning and some planning. And we said that this is something that we want to do together. So we really make an effort to make it something consistent. Um, but it's perfectly fine too, to jump into your own backyard or take a walk in nature. And like you said, without the podcast, there's lots of different ways to open up, open up our minds and, and be able to do that. Um, be able to kind of get those downloads, if you will. Yeah. And I also don't want to discourage people when, if they think, oh, I can't afford to travel or things like that. Because the one thing that's great about this country, I have to say, is there is like about five or six different cultures within the United States that you could also enjoy too. Easily. Because if you live, I live in the East Coast, people on the West Coast do not live the same as you do. And I swear the language is different too. Same thing as if you go down to Texas or if you go up to, you know, one of the Dakotas. I mean, everywhere in the country is so different. So if anything, just plan a weekend, get in the car and go experience. What I love about that is like, it doesn't, it does not have to look the same for everybody. We, um, just maybe three or four weeks ago, we did a a family trip up to Lake Erie. We went up to Vermilion, Ohio, up on Lake Erie an easy, an easy two hour drive. And you're kind of transported into a different place than you are here in, in, in our home offices or, or living day to day life. Exactly. Exactly. So that possibility is for everyone. So if you haven't, if you haven't had a chance to try that, I'm saying, I think we're both saying make some time for that because it's, it's yeah. fun just to eat in a different restaurant or sleep in a different bed or whatever, just yep. have an adventure, even if it's a small one, it could be a, a bit of a game changer. Yeah. You said something that I wanted to come back to if we could. Um, Absolutely. It was, it, it's kind of the, the, it was kind of our conversation about having the hustle, right? Yeah. And probably every entrepreneur, there's, there's that kind of hustle in our DNA. And I do believe we need to have it like that. It's just like, we're kind of wired that way. The hustle comes from the passion that we have for Mm -hmm. our business idea or what, what we're kind of bringing out into the world and into the marketplace Uh, where I've had to kind of think differently in my life is to, um, kind of let go of a little bit of the hustle, if you will. Um, because for me, what the hustle was kind of starting to lead to some burnout, maybe like this was maybe eight or nine years ago, I was at a point in my business where I just wasn't super excited about it. I was feeling burnt out. Um, you know how you talk to people about like people get like the Sunday night blues before they have to go into work on Monday morning. I was starting to feel that way about my own business. And I'm like, that, this is not right. (laughs) This is not right. So, so I really had to kind of reflect on what it was I was doing in my business and what it was that I was pursuing. And what I ultimately realized about myself was a couple of things. I was pursuing things in my business that I kind of thought that I should do right. Versus what I wanted to do. And the should was starting to take over what I wanted to pursue. And luckily as entrepreneurs, if we, you know, if we can catch that in ourselves and be aware of it, then we have the power to change it. And so I really had to do a little bit of soul searching to figure out how I wanted to change it. And what it ultimately led to was I kind of, I scaled my business back 
I had, I had like employees and team and I scaled my business back. I scaled back what it was that my, the services, and I really focused my services in what I love to do, which is the sales element, the sales strategy element, working with leaders. It's like, well, why am I not doing that? And so it took, a, it took a couple years in all candor to, to kind of turn the ship, if you will, but just going in the right direction was a big weight off of my shoulders and, um, hustling less and mm-hmm. just making some different choices about where I'm investing my time. Hustling less has actually helped me to build a better, stronger, um, a stronger business uh, financially and with the types of clients that, that I get to serve. Um, so there, there's something I learned a lot from taking some of the hustle out of my life. I still, I still have that. I still have that kind of get up and go, but maybe it's a little better directed. <laughs> well, it's also you finding a lot more balance. And I, I think, you know, yeah. uh, when you want something, at least I think that's, at least that's how I'm wired. If I, if I see something, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, it's all in until I kind of get to it. And mm-hmm. you do realize at one point, you know what, I'm kind of getting tired of this, or in some cases I get, I get bored of it. And it's like, this is now turned into work and it is not fun anymore. And I need to yeah. invent something else or whatever. Um, so yeah, the fact that you have an awareness of that, I think is great that you mentioned that. And I think that's great for anybody listening too. that. If you kind of feel like you do get those Sunday blues, which, which is funny when you said in your own business, because then, you know, it's like, wait a second, I got control over this. <laughs> Why do I right. feel sad? <laughs> but that could be if, if you're in a, in a, a company too. It's like, is there any way to kind of change it up a little bit to make it more fun and interesting again, and not so much of a, you know, a drag, I guess. Yeah. I love your point about, you know, you, I'm like, I can totally relate to that all in. And then I have found points in my, in my business where it's like, okay, I feel like I have been there, done that. I accomplished this. And sometimes there's that, um, in, in business, at least for myself, I'm all, I'm in kind of a reflective point at this time of the year. Like, what are some of the things that I want to curate out of my business? Like, I feel like they've been accomplished or I want to pursue, pursue some new things that are exciting mm-hmm. to me. So I really do believe that there are those cycles where thing, things, you, you complete them, um, you've accomplished them. You want, you want to do some new, new innovations and have new creativity. Yeah. And for people that do have, you know, this this disease of the hustle, like we do, um, my mentor once said to me, um, so at what point, Catherine, do you get to enjoy all this hard work you've put in? And I thought Mm -hmm. that that was a valid point because I really wasn't, you know, I was just working for this goal that I really wanted. And that could be, you know, a revenue amount, that could be a size amount, that could be, you know, just getting into one more region, one, one more thing. Um, yeah. But not really taking a moment to breathe and just say, wait a second, I, I could probably enjoy a lot of this hard work I've been doing. And that opened it up for me to start finding a little more balance, too. It's like, yes, you can work hard, but if you don't, you know, exercise your whole brain, then you're really kind of exhausting yourself. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And I have to give my husband a lot of credit because, you know, like you, we oftentimes, you know, are, are with people that are a little bit of the opposite of us, or they just have different ways, different ways of approaching things. My husband is also in sales. He just tends to take a different approach. Um, and he is one that has encouraged me over the years to, you know, take the risk, 
make the investment. What's the worst thing that can happen, right? Or you know what? Take a day off because let's go do something fun together because you work really hard. So I give him a lot of credit for helping me um, embrace the freedom of being an entrepreneur a little bit better and not having um, guilt guilt for not working. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that. I'll I'll just say this briefly is that, yeah, my husband's a napper. He's very much of a just, you know, life. He just kind of rolls through life and it's, it's not very, you know, intense. Like we were talking about, you know, being so intense and I, I definitely am too. And he's just like, I'm like, well, what do you, what do you want to do today? Well, I'll probably take a nap today. And I'm like that. What? That doesn't compute. Wait. (laughs) He's planning for it. He's already planning for the nap today. And I'm like, wow, what's it like to just live so carefree? But it is helpful because Do I need to try this. Yeah, he he reminds me, you know, that I don't I don't have to fill every moment of my day. But I I just like, or at least I think I like doing that. I love, you know, getting all the juice out of my day. And I don't know, but Yeah. Just, I, I I can I can absolutely relate to, to what you're saying. <laughs> I want to be exhausted at the end of the day because I just had a full day, but you know, I didn't mission accomplished. Exactly, I'm exhausted. You know? <laughs> it's like a lot of perspectives. So, but it is good to have a person in your life that does like think differently than you do because um, it, it, it does kind of help you actually think bigger. I think sometimes too. I so, agree with you. Cause you, you just, just get so laser focused on some things and have you thought about this? Oh, Hey, you know, and then suddenly a whole different world opens up. So Yes, I 100% agree with that. And um, yeah, I, my Dave, Dave has helped me to, to do that and, and to think differently. And I'm a more successful um, entrepreneur for certain because of his support and just his ideas in, in my life. Very, very nice. Yeah. Uh, well, we could probably talk for another half an hour. I um, know. I know. This has been so much fun. We'll have to plan a lunch or something, but I appreciate you being here today and talking about you, you and your business and the things that work for you. And I, I do think that it will help the listeners a lot to see themselves in either, you know, a, their sales role or this really driven entrepreneurial role they might be in. And um, some of the things that have worked for you that, you know, that sometimes take you higher or you pull back and have better, you know? So it, it's, it was a lot of great information and I really, really appreciate that. I have loved this conversation. Thank you for inviting me to the show. And um, I, what I love about this whole topic is um, sometimes we are prone to separate business and creativity or um, business and let's say like art and things like that. And I love the idea of bringing these things together because they really do enhance and expand each other. Um oh, yeah. And I, I was thinking about like our audience and people who would be watching or listening to this. And um, I have never really thought of myself as a creative person in like the sense that like art or graphic design or whatever those things are. I love like I love fashion and clothes and, and all that stuff. And, you know, I really appreciate art, but I never cre- considered myself creative. And as I was thinking about our audience, it's like, you know, sometimes we have to change our own narrative and not to, to stop telling ourselves that we aren't creative. We are, we just sometimes have different ways of accessing it or expressing it and, um, finding our unique way of accessing it and expressing it is 
does make us creative. And so maybe we just sometimes need to think a little bit differently about what we're telling ourselves. Yeah. And you, you've exhibited many, that many times just with writing, because you say you journal. I mean, that is definitely a, a creative thinking sort of thing that you do. And a lot of this outdoor stuff, that is, that's nothing, there's nothing logical about that really, you know, and, but you have to have it. So I, I yeah. think if anything, the, my biggest takeaway that I w- would like people to have with this podcast is just because in the fifth grade, somebody told you that you were not an artist doesn't mean you're not creative. You know, yeah. we are, we all have two sides of our brain and they all, they both work. Sometimes we just overwork the one side. So let's, let's start using the whole thing and you will have much faster, more fun success for, you know, that's probably not the best way to describe it. But, um, <laughs> but if you use your whole brain, you, you will do so much better and be much happier. <laughs> yeah. More, more joy, more joy in the process. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you for listening to the podcast. The Secret Art of Business is supported by Portfolio Creative. Portfolio Creative is a recruiting and staffing company specializing in finding marketing talent. Go to PortfolioCreative.com to get started in finding your next marketing person or your next job. We are experts. We are creative. We are good humans. Please subscribe or follow this podcast to get the latest episodes. And let me know if there's someone you think of that would be a great guest on the show. Here we can build a community that believes creativity and drive can work together.